When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This is yours as always from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio. For tonight's podcast, I'm going to be doing a little bit of D23 news. Now, in case anybody doesn't know this, what D23 is, this is actually going to be the Disney convention. This is actually going to be where you're going to get your Marvel news, your whole entire thing with the Disney Plus uh, program that they're going to be doing with their streaming services. This is also where you're going to get some Star Wars news and all that sweaty sweaty news that you always like so with that being said I didn't get a chance to actually talk about what I like what stood out for me at the D23 convention so this is my way actually being sweaty with you guys so I'm going to be talking about the WandaVision poster the Obi-Wan show and what I expect from it what I'm thinking that how it's going to go down I'm going to be talking about the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer review I'm going to be doing the Mandalorian trailer review don't ask me why that Disney is doing this, but there's even I'm even going to be talking about the Lizzie McGuire TV show, and yeah, they're actually going to be doing that with Hillary Duff again, so that's going to be kind of interesting to talk about in a way. And then, of course, uh, this is actually going to be a different type of piece too that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing a Joker trailer review, and that's going to come in at the very end. Because I want this to be specifically just aimed towards Disney. And later on I'll add in that little bonus content with the Joker. So with that being said, let's go ahead. Let's get sweaty. Let's do this. So the WandaVision poster dropped over the weekend. And let me just say this. Whenever I first heard about the news that there's going to be a WandaVision TV show. That's going to be specifically just for the Disney Plus streaming service. I was all sold for it. But then I found out it was going to be a sitcom for the for the Disney Plus. At first, when I heard the news, I was taken back for a minute because I thought that it was going to be a more of a serious approach. But the more I let it man- marinate and started thinking about it, it makes sense because if you think about it, in Wanda's fantasy world, everything is just happy-go-lucky because she has vision back in her life. I'm and I also like the 1950s or 60s kind of vibe when looking at the poster for Wanda and Wanda Envision, which is something that I like as well because it actually fits in with what I'm talking about. All I can picture is they are just happy all the time with no worries about the outside world. And Vision comes home and says, Hi, I'm home. And it's just like one of those everyday, normal 1950s, 60s kind of vibe to where, like I said, everything's happy-go-liking in Wanda's world. She has vision back. And 
you know, you actually feel something towards that because you actually do want to see these two characters together. I love, I love Scarlet Witch. I love Vision and them together. So to see them back on the screen again, to see Paul, Paul Bentley back on there again, it just is awesome. But anyways, but Wanda also doesn't know that the world that she created also caused total chaos in the world that we live in. And while she's happy, we are the ones suffering and it changes things with other characters that we also got introduced into the MCU. Now, like I mentioned before, she's all into her own thoughts, her own deniability that Vision is dead. So she makes up her own world, her own mind. This is me speculating on how this is actually going to go down. There's no 100% fact factual information on how it's going to go down but this is how I envisioned it so I could be wrong but I'm hoping that this actually ends up happening but in the comics she makes up her own mind her own vision on what's going on in her own mind and her and Vision are together but she has no clue on what she's doing with the outside world and you know the world that we know it with the MCU is pretty much changed because of that situation. Because of what Wanda has done with Vision. This is alternate universe type of deal. And, you know... And, like I said, th- but this also opens the door for Doctor Strange to come in. And and wreck Wanda's world up. Because he has to go in to her world. Tear her world apart piece by piece. And explain to her, look... This is happening to our world because I'm, here's the thing, when, in the comics, she has to say, well, Tony died because of this and this happened because of this. So I'm going to change things up a little bit to where I'm thinking that how it's going to go down, especially whenever it's revolving around the MCU. I'm thinking it's going to go down like this. This happened to this character because of this, and this is happening in the world because of what you did. And because you also made up your own universe in your own mind, this is causing this. I love cause and effect when it comes to characters. It adds layers to those characters. It develops those characters. And uh, that's also why I like Age of Ultron because there's actually consequences behind those actions later on in Civil War, which is also the whole entire fact why Thunderbolt Ross wants to go on ahead and get this whole entire thing signed. So that's what I liked about it. I like the aspect of cause and effect. Rather than, okay, nothing happened. Everybody can just go home. Everything is fine. But the MCU characters as a whole, as themselves, are actually going to change because of the things that Wanda has done. And she's in that whole entire deniability that Vision is even gone. And therefore, she makes up that whole entire reality. And then Doctor Strange comes in and he has to go on ahead and wipe that out. That is dark. That is going to hurt Wanda more than anything on this planet. But she has to realize that Vision is gone. There's nothing that you can do about that. Vision is gone. You need to move on from this. And you're also affecting everybody else with what you're doing. And what you're doing is wrong. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting others around you. And that's the main hurdle right there. You're causing damage to the people that you care about and also to the people that you're trying to protect all because of the fact that you want to have vision back. I totally understand that you'll do anything for love. You'll do anything in the world to actually want to actually have that person back in your life. But what is the cost to actually have that person back in your life again? Is it really worth 
risking all these people's lives and also changing the whole entire element of those characters that we have of those characters and how they're changing because of what you did to me that's not worth it and like i said this also opens up the doors for dr strange to destroy everything and then here's the main question is everything really okay after that the answer to that is no that opens up the whole entire new worms because it introduces us to the house of m and that also opens up to the Nightmare Realm, which Nightmare is, is part of the Nightmare Realm. And that's what I'm going to be thinking, that after the events of WandaVision, Doctor Strange comes in, into the MCU, into the theaters, and now he has to face up against Nightmare because of what Wanda has done. And now he has to go on ahead and try and get rid of Nightmare now because of that stuff. And to me, I love the aspect, this is what I love, I love the aspect of a horror-based MCU movie being done, and being done correctly, at least into the MCU terms, being done correctly, not a perfectly well-executed adaption of what the comic books are, but what's perfect for that universe that they're actually trying to create, I'm all for it. I'm all for what Kevin Feige has in store for us for that movie because Doctor Strange is one of my favorite characters. I love talking about the House of M thing. And I like the fact, like I said before, it has layers to those characters that we haven't seen before. And to see them uh, come face to face with, for Doctor Strange to come face to face with Nightmare, this thing is going to, he's like the Freddy Cougar of the MCU. And this thing is going to be dark. It's going to be frightening. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see this. And yes, I know that I'm speculating on how things are going to go down. But just because they go down a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be disappointed in the way that it went down. Because I'm not the writer for these movies at all. I'm just a guy talking about how I think certain... Thinking of a theory that... How I'm thinking that certain things are going to happen. But once I see this movie, all those theories are going to be wiped away. And I'm going to see it for what it is. So, that's my thoughts on the whole entire... Uh, Wanda and Vision poster. Tell me what you guys think about that. I'm actually going to have it to where you can actually send me a voicemail message telling me what you guys think of the news for tonight. And now, I'm going to get into the Obi-Wan show that's going to be streaming on the Disney Plus and get this. This is not going to be one of those shows that you have to binge watch through the whole entire thing. This is going to be a once a week episode. And that's also the same thing with The Mandalorian too. But I'm not going to get to The Mandalorian yet. I need to talk about Obi-Wan. So, with that being said, I cannot wait for Obi-Wan. I cannot wait until this show comes out on the Disney Plus streaming service. Because, here's the thing. When we got introduced to Obi-Wan, he was just... Like I said, when we got introduced in the prequels and everything, we didn't get those layers. We didn't get what we've been wanting from of the prequels. I'm going to be honest with you. I enjoyed aspects of the prequels, but I didn't enjoy the prequels as a whole. And for them to actually go out and make a Obi-Wan show, bravo Disney, because you can add the layers. You can actually develop the characters that they, that you want to versus doing a two and a half hour movie. And you can actually make a 10 or 16 minute long show. Not, not well, 10 or 16 episode long show and still tell the story that you want to set up for that character. 
And, you know, Obi-Wan is so much more than what they put into the prequels. And there's this beef with Darth Maul and Obi-Wan goes even further than just the prequels. For example, Darth Sidious didn't want anything to do with um, Darth Maul at all after that whole entire thing. He was supposed to be the one who killed Anakin. He was supposed to be the one that killed um, Obi-Wan in Qui-Gon Jinn. And he was so disappointed with him that he casted him out of the whole entire thing, which caused Darth Maul to want to take over the whole entire universe. And then, not only that, but Darth Maul also killed someone closer to Obi-Wan. So, therefore, it's a revenge story on both ends. You have a good side that wants to take over the universe because of what Darth Sidious has done to him. And then you also have it on the other side where Obi-Wan wants revenge, wants vengeance because of what you what Darth Maul has done. And once those things collide together, I think this is going to be an awesome lightsaber battle that we've been wanting to see. We have Darth Maul back again in his mechanical legs. Everything is going to be the way that I envisioned it. And then, or at least how I'm hoping that it's going to be envisioned. But another thing too is, if you go back and watch episode 4, where Obi-Wan tells Luke, Vader be- became more machine than man, where he saw, saw him on uh, Lucifer. Far, or what, I'm, I'm butchering the name, I apologize. But anyways, where he last felt, uh, felt him. And, and here's the thing, we didn't get that from the prequels. We didn't get to see Obi-Wan feel his presence or anything like that. We didn't get to see that at all. And that's what I've been wanting to see. I've been wanting to see some type of way where Obi-Wan is actually feeling some type of thing with the Force whenever it comes down to Vader. Vader, And that's something that they didn't touch on on the prequels. And I'm hoping that they touch on with Obi-Wan. Because I've been wanting to see the connectivity with that. And now they actually have a chance to actually expand on it. They actually have a chance to actually grow on that. Because they're able to take their time and develop these characters correctly on the way that needs to be corrected. So, I'm excited for the Obi-Wan show. I'm excited what they're going to do with it. I think it's going to be a fantastic show. And even though my theories don't pan out, I'm still going to be even excited to see what the writers actually do with this. Because this is just something that's making me geek out over it. So, now I'm going to move on to the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer. Now, when the opening trailer actually opens up, you actually see all of the Star Wars films, all this nostalgia, nostalgia to the Star Wars films. And it hits you, it feels, because you get to see all the characters that, you, that were in the original movies. You actually get to see how everything was all set up from the beginning all the way up until now. And I love having that nostalgia factor to it. Now, there are a couple of things that I'm actually scared of with the Skywalker trailer, uh, the Rise of uh, Skywalker trailer. Number one, I do not want to see another Death Star. We saw it once, we saw it twice, we don't need to see it again. I get it, okay? I really do. We have a laser that actually shoots down and it causes a split in the atmosphere, in the atmosphere and everything to de- where it destroys everything. You have Ray doing flips and then next thing you know it, she meets up with... 
Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren goes on ahead, goes to, they're fighting on the edge of this whole entire mountain, and before you know it, that's pretty much what the movie is. I'm hoping that they don't go with that, I'm hoping that they do something a little bit different, I really don't want to see a Death Star, I want something different from J.J. Abrams that we didn't get um, from The Last Jedi, because let's just face it, The Last Jedi was like the weakest of the franchise, I enjoyed it for what it was, but... I can't actually say that I fully on enjoy the movie. I can appreciate it. I can enjoy aspects of it, but I can enjoy it as a whole. But anyways, uh, what I want to actually, what I'm thinking that this is actually going to happen because we actually see Ray with the lightsaber, with the dark uh, side of the lightsaber and everything. Now there is a theory that I'm thinking of here, and that's the fact that. On The Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams was going to use Luke Skywalker's hand as a way to actually do um, do the very beginning of the movie. Like, he was actually going to use it as a way of making clones and stuff like that. So what I'm thinking is, is the fact that Rey is actually a clone, which also explains why she doesn't know where she came from. Because these, the family actually adopted her and are watching over her. So, therefore, she didn't come from anything. She came from nothing. And I'm thinking, too, that the boy that we saw at the end of The Last Jedi is also a clone uh, as well. So, you have that element, too. So, I'm thinking that he might actually be a clone. But, anyways, I'm going to actually say this, too. If you actually watch The Force Awakens and then you also watch The Last Jedi, there was nothing in there that indicated that Rey was actually going to be turned into the dark side. Every single time that the dark side was even presented, she was fighting it off the whole entire time. She was trying to get Kylo Ren to come back, trying to get Ben to come back to the light side over and over again. Even during the time with uh, Stoke, too. She was trying to go on ahead and persuade him to come to the to light side and forget all this. And I just don't see that in her character to change all of a sudden. And I'm thinking that might be she might be a clone. Or there's also another factor too. It could be a vision. That's another thing. It could just be just one of those dreams where she's thinking that she might actually be part of the dark side. But I do love that nunchuck, that's what I'm going to call it, nunchuck uh, lightsaber that she has. That thing is freaking awesome. But another theory that I have that's going around in my head is the fact that it could be her clone. They could have made another clone of Rey. And that's actually part of the dark side. And now she might actually have to face her own self. That's another possibility. But I'm also thinking too, what if they do this? And this might be against the whole entire code. But what if they wind up doing it where she's back, she's going to end up pretending that she's joining the dark side, but she's really not joining the dark side. Maybe she has to go in and pretend to be in this darkness just so she can prove to Ben that even though you're in this darkness, you can still come out into the light and still be a, the person that you once were. There's just something poetic about that because 
sometimes darkness can show us the light. I know that's kind of corny, kind of like, I know that's a disturbed song, but it's true. Sometimes you have to go through your darkest times to actually come out into the light and to be able to move on from the thing, from the things that you once did. And I think that's, or what you're going through. And I think that's actually a really cool poetic way of doing it. But I don't know if that's what the way that JJ is actually going to do it. Another thing too is JJ likes to do a surprise factor too. So to, for him to put that in the trailer, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason why he put that in the trailer. Either he's trying to surprise us with something or it's just a vision. Or the simple fact is it's just there to make us speculate on what we think is going to happen. And he's going to pull the rug from under our eyes. But that's just my way of looking at things. I think that this is actually going to be pretty cool. Now, the man, the Mandalorian trailer. This thing looks freaking awesome. This, this looks freaking awesome. Like, I didn't know what tone that they were actually going to go for. I wasn't sure if they were going to go for a kiddish kind of side to it. Or if they were going to go on ahead and go for a serious side to it but man this is like a game of thrones kind of show if you think about it this this show is serious i love the whole entire fact that it's about a bounty hunter i love movies about bounty hunters in general so that sold me on that part then another thing that sold me is the uh it's about boba Boba fett i like that i'm hoping that jimmy uh smith's actually makes an appearance in this in this thing because if you look at the timeline and everything it actually fits in with what they were doing with the prequels and Django Django and Django Fett I'm hoping that they actually put him like I said I'm hoping that they put Jimmy Smith's character in this thing because it actually makes sense it makes sense to the prequels it makes sense on what they are building and another thing I want to talk about is the trailer man when you see those stormtroopers heads on that spike that reminds me of Game of Thrones right there. That is dark. That is gritty. That is ballsy of Disney to want to even put that in there. Because I can't believe that they wanted to go ahead and do something like that. That is freaking awesome. Because of the fact that we haven't seen that from Disney before. We haven't seen them go dark like that before. We haven't seen them go the distance with this. We This is actually a pretty cool thing where we're actually going to have one episode a week because they want people to keep talking about the show. They want people to keep coming back for more and people wanting to talk about it rather than them stream it all in one day. They want it because if you think about it, when you stream something, it's good for about a week or two and then after that, the hype just dies down and we move on to something else. But a once a week show, people are going to be talking about this thing forever. And John Favreau as the director for this thing, they couldn't have gone a gone a better director at all. And then whenever uh, Boba Fett goes on ahead and fires his gun and everything else, and oh my, th- this thing is just—it's loud, it's great, it's fantastic, it's—it's it's everything that I was envisioned on what I wanted to see from from this type of TV show. And to see that they're not going through a silly kids type of show brings me hope. No pun intended from New Hope. But this brings me hope to see what Disney is actually going to do. It makes me want to go on ahead and buy the Disney Plus service so I can go and s- so that way I can watch this. 
because I'm excited. This is going to be like my version of Game of Thrones all over again because I never seen this before. This is amazing. So now I'm going to talk about the Lizzie McGuire thing. I'm going to take a step back from the Mandalorian. I'm going to take a break from Star Wars and also Marvel a little bit. I don't know why they decided to go with the Lizzie McGuire show. I'm going to be honest. I watched a couple of episodes when I was a kid. When I was like 14. And I liked the episodes. I liked seeing Lizzie McGuire. I don't have no beef with Hilary Duff at all. But this time she's in her 30s. She still has the same friends that she had back when she was younger. It's just her fault. Them following her through New York. The story and to be honest with you, I like the fact that they're not doing anything with the kids. But for this factor, I wish they would have actually incorporated her having kids rather than just her going through New York and doing whatever she's doing. But I'm glad, too, that they actually have her little animated side to her and everything, too. And But this does not make me really that excited for Lizzie McGuire, to be honest with you. I actually just wanted to talk about this because I found it kind of interesting with the fact that they didn't put the kids into this whole entire aspect of her having kids like every other spinoff show is. Because it's either, oh, that one has a kid. Oh, that one has a nephew. This one has has something else going with them. This is just Lizzie McGuire by herself with her friends and she's going through New York. That's it. And through going through life struggles probably and God knows what else after all this time. So... There's something good about maturing a character, especially when you're going through your teens and now going into your 30s. But I wish that they would have actually went into her 20s rather than 30s, and they should have done this sooner rather than later so the way they could do that. But now that she's in her 30s, they have no choice but to go this route. And this is going to be one of those movies, these t- these, this TV show that's not going to be for me. I can appreciate the fact that they've tried doing this again, but it's going to be a very missed opportunity for me to even want to even sit through this. But anyways, let me go on ahead and talk about the Joker movie, Joker trailer now. I'm going to be, like I said, I'm going to be honest. Like I've always been honest with everybody. Um, I really enjoyed this trailer a lot. I really liked seeing Walking Phoenix on the bus making silly faces at this kid, and the mother is just getting on to Walking Phoenix because of the fact that he's she thinks that he's aggravating the kid, but really the kid is laughing his butt off at him. And there's that little nod to the Killing Joke uh, graphic novel, which I absolutely love. And even though we're not going to see Batman in this movie. There's still that nod, that old nod to that comic book. And yes, it's an Elseworlds story, but I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually excited. I'm looking forward to it. Robert Nero plays kind of like a Johnny Carson kind of character where he welcomes uh, the Joker, walking uh, Phoenix's character onto the stage. And at that time, he was in his prime. And then all of a sudden, he just took a turn for the worst and... Is he starts getting it starts getting a lot more gruesome for him. It starts getting a lot. It's kind of like one of those things where you just have one bad day and you're totally snap, and kind of like a falling down situation where 
he winds up becoming the Joker because of everything that he's going through and people are actually criticizing and putting him down for who he is. And even Robert De Niro's character, which he better watch out because of the fact that he was actually making jokes about the Joker and what he was what he's going through and now he's seeking vengeance out on that show. This is just me thinking because of when I'm because Joker always has a motivation, always has a way of actually getting into people's heads, wondering what the, he's going to do next. And I already know for a fact that he's already got this thing worked out where he's wanting to go over to Robert De Niro and kill him for making fun of him. And I, like I said, I wasn't sold on the makeup at the very be- at the start of this whole entire thing. If you uh, follow me on my page or anything like that, I wasn't sold on anything. But as time went on, I'm used to the look now. I'm used to this whole entire new adaption of the Joker and what it, what Joaquin Phoenix is actually going to bring to this whole entire thing. Some people are saying, oh, it's going to bomb. I'm, here's the thing. I never hope that a movie bombs. I always vote for a movie to succeed. And if it fails, we're not going to get any more comic book-based movies because of the fact that a movie failed. We have to root for these movies to actually make money. We have to root for the fact that you know, that these movies are successful so that way we can have more. And if it feels, that's not good on both ends. That's not good for DC. It's not good for Marvel because they both both want to benefit by telling the stories that they want to create. But that's just my, like I said, this is just, I think that this movie is going to be good. I'm going to walk into it with an open mind. Any kind of negatives that I have about this film, I'm going to put it to the side. I'm going to watch it for what it is. And I'm not going to end up saying this movie's going to suck. This movie's going to bomb. It's good to have low expectations sometimes because sometimes if you have low expectations, the movie winds up being better than what you thought it was. If you have high expectations and that those expectations aren't meant, you're going to be crashed and burned before the movie is even done because of the fact that it didn't meet your requirements, it didn't meet your theories, it didn't meet anything that you wanted it to be. <clears throat> so therefore, you didn't like the movie. But anyways... That's pretty much everything that I wanted to talk about for tonight's podcast episode. But I'm hoping to actually do some more stuff. I'm actually going to have one of my friends on my podcast soon from FTO News, which is uh, Flipping Tables Over Nerd Talk. And I think that you guys are actually going to like what D has to have say about some of the stuff that actually came out of D23. We're going to do a little bit more probably speculation on some of the Star Wars stuff, and then we're also going to probably do some stuff with Marvel, maybe Moon Knight a little bit, because I know he might want to talk about Moon Knight a little, if he wants to. We're going to actually go into some other stuff too, so it's going to be an interesting show. So tell me what you guys think. Did you like this show? What didn't you like about this show? Tell me what you guys think. Send in a voicemail, and as always, I'll be talking to you guys later. Until next time, bye-bye.